I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And today we're going to talk about still discipleship. But Emily, I was encouraged by our last time being able to talk about discipleship together. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, I thought it was so fun. I loved being able to talk about what discipleship is. And it's again, we have a really awesome grow team at Highland with uh, the children's and preschool ministers, student ministers, college and all the way up to seniors. And so it's fun to be able to to brainstorm with them and to strategize and vision cast. And so I think that that what we talked through last week was a really cool um, kind of fruit from a lot of those conversations. Yeah. And so right now we're kind of talking about how we implement it and how mm-hmm. we roll it out. Uh, and so today we really did want to spend a little time talking about how um, the adult ministry, uh, our ministry, I guess the ministry that you oversee, Emily, and I help you with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not true. Uh, I just do what you tell me. Um, but the the ministry that we get to oversee together, uh, we'll talk about how we make disciples. And so for the past few weeks, uh, because today is November 19th, uh, and so for the past two weeks on Sundays, we've been having uh, some specific uh, people come in, and we've been walking through um, what this is going to look like uh, in the adult ministry. So before we get into all that, I just wanted to ask you, because we had this conversation a little earlier, what's, what's your favorite part about listening back on these episodes that we've created together, you and I? Can I tell you my least favorite part? You can. Because I hate hearing my voice on a recording. I don't know. Did, I think everybody feels that way. It's probably not just me. Jeremy's like, no, I love listening to myself talk. I, I mean, I think with all of the compression and the editing that I do to your voice, I make it sound pretty good. Yeah, you totally do. I think your voice yes. sounds great. No, it's great. No, yeah. but my favorite part, I don't know, just reviewing things that we've already talked about. So, I mean, yeah, I don't really know what my favorite part of that is. I What's like, your favorite part, Jeremy? I like the witty banter. Okay. I like the back and forth. Yeah, That's probably there's my a favorite lot of that. thing. Um, I, I think it's fun <laughs> to sit in a booth with a friend <laughs> and just talk about stuff. Okay. It is fun. That is that is very true. Have you ever listened to like a painfully awkward podcast where it was just like, like I don't do these people like each other? Do they know yeah. each other? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I don't feel like we know. Because like we're, yeah. we're good. Because we're yeah. friends. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we're, we're not just podcast buddies. We're actual buddies. We know each life. other real life. That's right. That's right. Okay. So if we might be able to just take like a, a minute or two to reread those things that we talked about last week, uh, just our new statements on what a disciple is, uh, what a disciple does, those things, I think it would be good. We'll probably do that at the beginning of each of these episodes, just so we can, uh, for all of our listeners, everyone involved, you can begin to really think through, oh, this is what Highland means when they say disciple. Mm -hmm. This is what they mean when they say, yeah. So uh, let's start with what is a disciple? Sure. Yeah. What is a disciple? A disciple is a devoted. Now, listen, if you guys were in the room, we would have you all stand up and say this together <laughs> with us. That's, no. what, that's what Mark Weibel does. That's he what makes Mark Weibel does with us. He has us all it. recite it together. Okay. So what is a disciple? A disciple is a devoted follower of Jesus who denies self while growing into Christ likeness. 
that's man. I don't want to toot our own horn, but that's barely accurate. It is accurate. Okay, so what does a disciple do? Oh, I didn't pull it up. Oh, you didn't pull it up. I didn't pull it up. Well, you should know this by memory. I do know it by memory. A disciple matures in Christ and calls others to join in lifelong discipleship. Awesome. So a disciple matures in Christ and calls others to lifelong discipleship. Yep. That was good. That was good. All right. All right. So then what is the goal of discipleship? The goal of discipleship is to see everyone conformed to the image of Christ, expanding God's kingdom throughout the earth. So like the Great Commission. Yeah. Fulfilling the Great Commission. <laughs> nice. Baptizing and obeying. Yes. Um, and going. Absolutely. Okay. And then the core principles of disciples or discipleship uh, are salvation, transformation, and multiplication. Um, and then our methods of discipleship are teach the word, train, empower, and release. Yeah. Teach, train, empower, release. And so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we walked through those things. I would encourage you to go listen because we're not going to um, spend much time going back and talking about those. But based on those things, in the adult ministry, we are, one, looking at how we accomplish those things through our adult Bible fellowships, through our connection groups, through our Wednesday night Bible studies, or yeah, well, Thursday nights right now, men's and women's Bible study, uh, equipping classes, all of those things. But then one thing that we're introducing beginning in the fall is discipleship groups at Highland. And so this is something that Emily and I have been talking about uh, for a while, and, and we're excited to kind of see get off the ground. And again, I said it earlier, we've been doing a training with some leaders over the past few weeks. Uh, and so, Emily, what is a discipleship group? Okay, um, so for the context of the adult ministry, this is kind of how we're hoping to implement everything that we've been talking about the past couple of podcasts about discipleship. And so obviously we're hoping to implement it in every area, just like Jeremy said, but this is one of the focused ways that we're hoping um, to implement it. And so a, an adult discipleship group would be a time-limited, gender-specific small group of two to five believers um, that meet regularly to practice and apply spiritual disciplines together. Uh, with the intention of growing in an understanding of God's word, God's character, um, and the personal application of the scriptures. And each group also carries that biblical mandate to uh, train and equip members to uh, disciple others. Yeah. And so when we talk about our discipleship groups, we don't we don't mean that we have to have a new thing mm, because these yes. things aren't happening in our ABS or aren't happening in our CGs, but um, they're, they're different things, mm -hmm. right? So what we're asking people to do in an ABF and what we're asking people to do in a CG might look a little different than what we're asking them to do in a uh, discipleship group. And I think the primary way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, is that um, in ABF, you walk in and our hope is, man, you would fall in love with that ABF. You'd fall in love with the teaching that you get there. And that's a that's a place where you're going to continue to grow and you're going to learn the scriptures. Uh, your CG 
is and we want that to be a place where you're able to grow in your application of the scriptures and so we want you to have accountability we want that to be a safe place for you to confess sin and to find hope and healing and to have a group of people um, that you can walk with Um, but those things while man we pray for multiplication in all those areas the driving force behind those is the study of the word and the application of the scriptures in cgs Uh, what makes a discipleship group different is they start in the beginning saying we're gonna we're gonna do this for this set amount of time and then when this set amount of time is over we want you to go do the same thing and so Hmm. it is a training ground and so you're you are both being poured into and um, being trained to pour out mm-hmm. at the end of it, right? Right. And um, I would say that a discipleship group involves more than biblical literacy and knowledge in mm-hmm. uh, academic knowledge, uh, although that's definitely an element of it, and it needs to be, <clears throat> because I think that a lot of people um, can stop there. I know for me, that would be my tendency, is I can focus so much on just having an understanding of Scripture and then stop and that would be and just the way that I'm wired I, I love to learn and um, and so but what we know from scripture um, is that that knowledge is supposed to transform us and change us and and it's 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 a it's a communal like fellowshipping with God as well um, in first John 2 it says and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him but whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected by this we know that we are in him whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked and so that word no it's not talking about a mental or academic kind of knowledge of facts or or uh, details or information it's it's a, a personal experiential knowledge that comes from close interaction with someone um, and so that kind of knowledge isn't something that um, a believer gains once and then is done, right? Oh, I, I learned this fact and now I just know it. It's a continual, ongoing, uh, personal relationship and encounter with God. And so I really believe that that's kind of one of the the foundations of a discipleship group that, and not that personal relationship isn't a part of other types of groups, and we think it needs to be, um, but, you know, to some degree. But with discipleship, I think that uh, one of the foundations is that is that there's an intimate walking with God through living and loving and spending time with Him in the context of community with other believers, yeah, and we're absolutely. all doing that together. Absolutely, and so it's a knowing that necessarily changes, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think we see it in Isaiah, right? Mm. Isaiah standing before the the throne of God and seeing all seeing him in all of his splendor and his response and that is woe is me, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among the people of unclean lips and my eyes mm-hmm. have seen the king. <clears throat> Isaiah knew about God, but then he met God and that meeting changed him. There was a relationship and an intimacy there um, that that necessarily and fundamentally changed the way Isaiah viewed everything. You see the same thing in Job, right? I had heard of you as with the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. That's Job 42, 5 and 6. Job knew God. Job was a righteous man. Job sacrificed to God. He sacrificed to God um, because his sons may have sinned, right? He didn't Mm. even know that they did, but they may have. And so Job was described as a righteous man, but in that meeting Mm. with God, it was, I I knew you. I thought Mm -hmm. I knew you. 
but now I, I know you and mm. there's a knowing That's there good. that changes me and drives me to submission and yeah. repentance and hope and all of those things. And so, yeah, our desire for these discipleship groups uh, really is that we want you to have a deep, mm-hmm. intimate knowledge and understanding of who God is and how you can walk with him. But it doesn't stop there. Right. But how then you might teach mm-hmm. that walk to with others. others so that they can learn that yeah. as well. Um, and even like the setting, I would say, is different. Like I think of ABFs as, uh, you know, meeting, they meet in classrooms on campus and, and that's their one, that's where they're primarily, that's their setting, right? Which mm-hmm. is great and it makes it very accessible that way. Uh, and so where CGs meet in homes throughout Waco, um, usually on in the evening, maybe like on a, you know, every Sunday night, something like that. And um, But our, our desire for the setting of a discipleship group is that it's truly that the setting is an intimate accountable relationship with a small group of like-minded people and so um, discipleships I guess discipleship groups for the context of what we're trying to accomplish here I guess Mm -hmm. in the adult ministry anyway um, is that we move from a classroom environment where the teacher is lecturing and facilitating discussion where it's it's someone is passing you know to a to an intimate accountable relationship with us with that small group and so discipleship meetings because it's very relational uh, they can take place anywhere at any time any day of the week and so um, again this model is intended to be something that can transfer from person to person and so Mm -hmm. we talk we'll talk about this in the next podcast as far as the need for consistent meetings and and regular time and and why that's helpful Uh, but I do think that this model is intended to be something where hey like I'm going to get with my coworker, and we're going to hey would you like to read through John with me during our lunch break every Tuesday, you know, or to a group of moms saying, hey, let's go take our kids to Pogue Park and, you know, let's read through Ephesians together and talk about it for the next six months while yeah. our kids run amok. Yeah. And, and, I think <laughs> and so, yeah, so we want this to be something that's transferable mm-hmm. and not bound to a classroom or even a home necessarily. Right. Like this is something that we want people to, to be able to build into their life. Right. And, and I would say too, like this is not a thing that we're saying, hey, we hope that these discipleship groups can replace our CGs no, and replace our all. ABS. I, no, no, we no. think that all of those things are really important. And so we don't believe that a discipleship group is better than a CG no. or better than an ABF, but it's just another opportunity to drive these larger groups smaller, which I think um, when we talk about the method um, of our of our discipleship groups, we, uh, we have like the circles with a target, um, and, and in the middle you've got, uh, or on the outside you've got the crowds, right? Um, and then you've got um, the, the 72, um, and then you've got the seven, then you've got the three, then you've got the one. And we kind of modeled that after what Jesus um, did in his ministry. He had, he had the crowds that just followed him around, and he ministered to them, and he um, modeled ministry to the crowd, and then he modeled ministry to larger groups and what that looked like. But even Jesus, um, the perfect example here, I think, he kept going smaller and smaller and smaller in those groups. So I think really kind of what we would love to see is some of these discipleship groups popping up out of our ABS mm, and, for sure. and popping up out of our CG. So it's not another thing that we yes. want to add on, but just a thing that kind of infiltrates the DNA of um, Highland that we're always looking at. at yes, mm. we, we love being a part of these large groups and these large groups are so incredibly necessary and yes. they're effective for the type of ministry that we're asking.
asking them to do. Uh, and so this is just another opportunity to go smaller and deeper and deeper with a fewer, mm-hmm. um, which I think is always just helpful. Um, and so, man, we love our CG leaders. We love our ABF leaders. We are excited about this uh, new crop of discipleship leaders. And we think that the Lord's really going to use all three or for really basically all the ministries that we do to really impact the kingdom. Uh, And so, um, but our our focus right now, I mean, at least for the next few weeks, is kind of going to be on these discipleship groups. But uh, know that when you hear that, we're not saying that you're less than or you're not doing the right things if (laughs) you're in a CG and you're growing and you're learning. (laughs) That's a good thing. And you're in an ABF and you're growing and you're learning. That's a a good thing. Um, But we want to have opportunities for people to go smaller and smaller so that's why the discipleship groups with a different intention right oh totally yeah Yeah. different purpose different different intentions in mind and um no that's awesome yeah uh so emily based on like what is a disciple maker um okay so one of like i guess one of my favorite illustrations of this is the apostle paul and we i think have talked about him a good bit around here in different conversations that we've had but one of the men that he discipled we've we've talked about what? The Apostle Paul a good bit. I'm not on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> Wait, have we? We? <laughs> we talk about him a lot. <laughs> I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just meant like we've talked about this passage. Oh, my word. Okay. So in his letter to Timothy, which was a, a man that he discipled, a young pastor who, uh, who served and ministered with Paul, he wrote this to him in the letter of 2 Timothy. He says, um, uh, let's see. Uh, He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Uh, And then further down, he says, but I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the same pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And then he tells him by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit and trusted to you. And so what I love about that word in trust, it means to set before one in teaching as a deposit, to deposit as a trust or for protection. And so it refers to uh, giving someone something valuable for a period of time for them to, to hold on to and to protect. And, 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 and so God has entrusted us like he had, like Paul had entrusted to Timothy, the treasure of his gospel. Um, and so we're called to guard it and with um, all that we have and, and in our ministry. And so he continues in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so one of the ways that we uh, can guard or, in, you know, the, the treasure of the gospel that has been entrusted to us is by passing it on to other people, by identifying men or women um, who uh, who are faithful to the Lord, who, who love him, who belong to him, who we believe are able to pass it on to others who um and so yeah so that's one of the ways that we're called to do that and so uh, when we're talking about discipleship um you know we we're we're hoping that we are just not just disciples of christ but disciple makers and so uh some of the qualities that um you know we've talked through are the first one is faithful which is in that passage in second timothy and and so somebody who's able to persevere and endure through hard things and, and who's steadfast in their commitments because 
relationships require faithfulness. And so, uh, so in a discipleship relationship, um, there needs to be that quality. So in their relationship with the Lord, with, uh, with the church, within their jobs and in general, there's this ability to, to persevere through hard things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, and you said this in the training, but um, you, you gave the quote by Dave Browning uh, and Dave Browning says this, he says, we're convinced that the gap holding back most believers is not the gap between what they know and what they don't know. It's the gap between what they know and what they're living. Many Christians are educated beyond their obedience. And so for us, as we're really thinking about what does it look like to make disciples, we're kind of looking through those uh, those faithful men and women who are willing to step into relationships like that to just help teach people like, hey, you, you know more than you think you know. Mm-hmm. And things that you don't know, they're not inaccessible. They're not unobtainable. Um, but they're actually yeah. uh, more simple than you might think. And so let's walk through these things mm-hmm. so that your life can align with what you say you believe. And I think most people want that, right? Like, yeah. And uh, there are so many people at Highland who are already doing this, like in, in our ABFs, in mm-hmm. our classes, in our Bible studies. Like there are a lot of people who, who are already being faithful to, to do this, which right. is awesome. And so, yeah. Right. And, and we talked last week about my friend Mike, who works with Campus Outreach, and how he talked about uh, how many students that he met that had that split testimony, right? Like, I received Christ when I mm-hmm. was six or seven and really didn't start following Christ until I was 22. And I think a lot of it is that. Like, we think there's like this level of maturity that we actually have to have before we can be called a follower of Jesus. But we don't know how to, I mean, it's sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade. We don't know how to or six or seven, we don't know how to seek that out. We don't know. We just do what we're shown or we do what we're told. Um, But I think a lot of that is translated into our adult life. Like we just, Mm. we need a pastor or uh, a ministry leader to tell us how to live our lives because we're not sure how to seek that on our own. And what we're hoping to do with these discipleship groups, with these faithful men and women who are willing to lead is, is really teach that, that man, your life can align with the scriptures. Not perfectly. None of us are going to do it perfectly, but, um, we have the opportunity and the Holy spirit of God in us to teach us and to train us. And we have everything we need in the scriptures for life and godliness. So God isn't calling us to something that we can't buy, um, the power of his spirit and the gift of community and the church walk in. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think if we're we're um, looking for disciple makers. We just want those faithful men and women. Now, uh, funny story. When we started talking through this, I started out with just, we want leaders who are fat, faithful, available, and teachable. Um, but Emily <laughs> didn't like, well, she liked fat just I fine. I did, yeah. But she didn't want to call people fat. And I agreed with that. And so she said, <laughs> I like something else better. So we want faithful, um, available. available. Talk a little bit about what it means to be available. <clears throat> so Does I that think, mean I have to be available 24-7? No, that no, no, just, no. You know, okay, tell me about available. So I would just say that, uh, you know, as deci- like as disciple makers, people who are ready and able and have the ability, I guess, to invest in this kind of relationship because it does require investment of time of of 
privacy because you're inviting people into your life. You know, uh, it's an investment of uh, your emotions and your, your your relational bandwidth. And so somebody that can have that availability for that relationship. And so, um, you know, and again, it, it doesn't mean that you're you're discipling everyone in the world. You know, like we're not we're humans, you know. And so I think there needs to be a level of understanding that like, OK, like availability in the sense of I have the availability. I'm open to to responding to the Lord's call whenever he asks me right. um, to do something. Which I think is such a good way to like, um, I mean, I think when you ask someone, hey, do you think you'd be willing to disciple someone? There's so much that goes there. Oh my like, goodness, oh my yes. gosh, no, I could yeah. never do that. I don't know. Um, and, and so even with these first two things, that faithful, like, you know what? I, I know that I've been called to be a minister of reconciliation. The scriptures have told me that. I know that I'm to go and make disciples. The the scriptures have told me that. So I, I'm not sure how it looks, and but I'm, I think I can learn if there's people that can train and equip me. Um, and so they just want to be faithful to do those things that the Lord has called all believers to do. And then that availability, I really think is just that willingness to lean in when most people mm-hmm. don't, right? And so right. Um, in the hard part about, it, that's the one thing I think that we can't, um, that we can't kind of give someone, right? We mm-hmm. can't give them that willingness to go, y- you know what? I don't have a ton of time, but what I can do is invite you over to my house. Like, and, and I, I used to, so I had a group um, of guys that I walked with for a little while and man, I loved those dudes, but um, I was young in ministry with three babies and uh, a wife and a home and a job and all those things. And so to find the time to do those things was really, really hard. And so I started having these guys who were, you know, early 20s, um, single, uh, and just trying to figure out what does life look like. And I just started saying, hey, come to my house. And they'd come to my house and they were they were there a lot, right? I would just invite them mm. over and we'd sit and we'd talk about the gospel and we'd uh, talk about the scriptures. And then I'd make them put my kids to bed or I'd make them go play with my kids so I could yeah. help them with my wife for a minute. Uh, I made them help me build a room in my garage that I'm pretty sure was <laughs> illegal. But it was these moments and investment of time where, yeah, they're at my house and they're kind of in my orbit. But even those But you invited them teaching. into your life. and. Yeah. That's a huge aspect of that. And that's, yeah. Yeah. And now one of them, I mean, love the dude. Like he is like now he and his wife are kind of in our orbit and they like to come down and hang out. And we kind of want to do the same thing. It's like, hey, you hang out with our kids. And, we, <laughs> but, um, and so it doesn't have to be this, man, we're going to we're going to do this thing where we sit down and we're going to open these books and read. Although it is it will be part of that. But then part of it is I'm just going to invite you into my life mm-hmm. and I'm willing and available to have yeah. people do that. So then, we want them to be faithful. We want them to be available. And, and then, then the what? third one, so that it's not saying fat, <laughs> is I. So for intentional. And so by that, we mean that um, a disciple maker in, in, is someone who's not just a willing participant in, in meeting with someone and inviting them into their life, but is actively looking for things to do to advance God's kingdom. And so, um, you know, for us, it's like we look for opportunities to to advance God's kingdom, right? And to invest spiritually into the lives of others. And again, it doesn't mean that I'm filling up my schedule with all of these activities 
these, you know, just because I think that's what a good Christian does. But it's saying, okay, God, my eyes are open and I'm actively looking for opportunities to speak truth, to share the gospel, to, uh, to, to instruct, to correct. And in the context of a discipleship group or a discipleship relationship, that's how we need to be as well is like kind of eyes wide open, intentionally asking good questions, asking hard questions, looking for ways to encourage, to serve the people in our group. And that yeah. takes us a, 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 an intentionality and purpose, which requires a lot of energy, but that's okay. <laughs> it's good. And so I think there needs to be that level of intentionality. Yeah. And I think having a plan, like we don't do anything really mm. if we don't plan it. Right. Although there are those people that they're kind of the fly by the seat of their pants, spur of the moment. That's me, right? That's the difference you. Between I was about to say, you, you're describing um, yourself. Is that you are, uh, you <laughs> are very, too planned. yeah, no, no, you're very planned. You're, you're the plan. You're the kind of planned that I want to be. Um, you and my wife make beautiful plans and that's, um, I think that's why I love you both so much is that you make beautiful plans. Um, but on the other side of that, there's an intentionality like when mm. we talk about an intentionality it just means that uh, i'm going in with a plan yeah. uh, i want to see something and so whether that's you saying hey we're going to walk through these books together or we're going to walk through this specific book of the bible together uh and we're going to do it at this time on this day that that's awesome that's a great plan that's that's being intentional and even if you're planning for a little bit of uh it's kind of like the difference in the way that you and I prepare to teach, right? You go up on the stage and you've got I'm like glued pages. to my notes yeah, too. Well, you're you've not also at got all. 18 pages of notes. And, and, and you like feel like 12, 12 pages. You've got 12 <laughs> pages that. of notes. And if you didn't have those 12 pages of notes, you'd probably be like freaking out, right? You'd oh, be like, totally oh terrified to say anything. If I went up to teach with 12 pages of notes, you I'd be would like, be terrified oh and freaked gosh, out. Gosh, this is how am I going to. And so, um, um, there, but we both plan. Well, totally. We You're still intentional. It's just yeah, different wiring. It's, yeah. it's going to look different. And so we're not saying that um, people should suppress their personality and there's no, no room for movement or to call an audible. But by and large, we're saying we there needs there to, to be, be a plan. enough structure for you to play in to make it safe. Um, but then where you have like, Hey, we're going to read through this book together for the next 12 weeks, yeah. or, you know, we're going to memorize Romans eight together this summer, you know, whatever it is, there needs to be a plan and you, you know, being faithful to the plan unless, yeah, you do need to call an audible, which yeah. happens sometimes. I do but. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But having a plan is, is good. It is. It is good. And we want to be intentional. I mean, I think one of the things that you look at is you look at Jesus when he's talking with his disciples, when he's walking with his disciples um you may look at it and you read it and you're like he's just kind of walking to and fro he's like walking to all these different places and then like he'll stop and he'll like eh. yeah um jesus was very intentional in the way oh, that yeah. he ministered to the men uh, and women that were with him walking with him and so whether that was he was giving a teaching and then he'd pull them aside and and he'd say what do you think this means and, and then he would instruct them and, and so while you may not see this big um linear methodical like here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. What we can see in Jesus is as he's going in what it had to have been the craziness of Jesus's life with just people following him around all the time, um, sleeping on stones and whatever that looks like. He was very intentional in the way that I'm going to say this to this group of people and I'm going to pull my boys mm -hmm. aside and I'm going to say, what do you think that means? Yeah. When, when I said this, mm -hmm. what did you think? And so I, I think that's a great 
um, really picture yeah. of what it means to be intentional. Like, I'd, like there's a purpose to this yeah. group, this relationship. There's a reason why we're meeting together. There's, it's not just we're hanging out, which sometimes that is, you know, having relationship that is part of it, life yeah. on life. But there's there's a there's a goal in mind where you know that we're trying to reach. So and also, intentionality. What I love about Jesus is that he was always really clear with his disciples. Hey, I'm not going to be with you forever. I'm not, I'm not always going to be here. And so I want you to learn these things and I want you to know these things. And I think in the same way, you know, we kind of talked about discipleship groups mm-hmm. being time limited. That's yeah. the opportunity that we have. So mm-hmm. it kind of builds this sense of urgency, hopefully not in an unhealthy way, but man, we're, we're not always going to be together. And maybe that's because our group will naturally end. Maybe that's because, you know, somebody gets a job and they have to transfer somewhere. Somebody, you know, there's all kinds of reasons that groups could end, but there's that um, sense of urgency that, man, I want to use our time in such a way that when we're no longer together, we're both confident that uh, we have impacted one another's lives. We've challenged one another. We've encouraged one another to grow in Christ-likeness mm. and maturity and That's awesome. to invite others into a life of discipleship as well. So good. <laughs> so the fourth one after I is T for teachable. And Jeremy, what does it mean to be teachable? Uh, wow. Uh, here's, here's what I love. It, it, uh, which is hard for a guy like me. Like, you, you know, that you're not always right, that you don't have all the answers, that you don't have it all together, um, that you are open to correction. Mm. You're open to being exhorted. You're open to having your mind changed. Um, uh, and so you're, you're wanting to learn. You're a mm-hmm. lifetime learner. Maybe yeah. that. You're a teachable lifetime yeah. learner. And I think with dis- with you know discipleship groups, it's uh, you know I think it's important to remember that the person leading that group is it's also a participant in the group. So yeah. like like for me and the girls I meet with, I very much feel like I'm just as much growing with you, mm-hmm. um, you know, like as far as that goes. And so um, I think that's an important part of being teachable is understanding that like, hey, you know, we're learning, we're growing together. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, if you go in with the idea that I am the expert, mm-hmm. I'm the one with all the wisdom, I have all of this knowledge that I want to impart to you. Yeah. Um, man, you kind of stifle your mm-hmm. opportunity. And so we want these to be a mutually mm-hmm. beneficial group, both for you and for the people that are in those groups. Now, are there going to be things that, that you know that they don't? Are there going to be experiences sure, that you've had that they haven't? Absolutely. But you've got to, um, you better mm-hmm. believe that they've had experiences that you haven't yeah. had and they have some things mm-hmm. that, that you don't have. And so I'm always pleasantly surprised. And maybe it was having kids that really, really made me realize it. I was like, I'm going to have these kids. I got to teach them all this stuff, but they teach me so much. Mm. They don't know anything. Yeah. You know, I kids don't know anything and they teach me stuff all the time. That's, That's awesome. not true. They're no, smart. They know but lots of t- stuff. Yeah. And that ties in with the last one, which is uh, humility. So, so a disciple maker is humble. And, and so that's not thinking like, oh, I'm a horrible person, you know, but it's truly learning how to not think about myself. And so thinking about the Lord, about other people and uh, Paul Tripp's book, Dangerous Calling is one of my favorite books uh, just about having a, a godly gospel centered ministry mindset. And he writes, you are most loving, patient, kind, and gracious when you 
are aware that there is no truth that you could give to another that you don't desperately need yourself. You are most humble and gentle when you think that the person you are ministering to is more like you than unlike you. Uh, I love the way Paul Tripp uses that in his parenting book too, when he talks about parenting, saying, when you remember that your kids are more like you than unlike you, then that's a, that's a good place to start. Uh, and then when you have inserted yourself into another category that tends to make you think that you have arrived, it is very easy to become uh, ju- judgmental and impatient. Yeah. It's, yeah, man, um, Jerry Bridges, um, who's an author, uh, counselor, pastor, awesome, uh, wrote a book called The Blessing of Humility in my men's group. That's one of the uh, books that I take solely after First and Second Timothy. We read The Blessing of Humility by Jerry Bridges. And um, I think the idea of humility, um, we've lost a lot, I think, over the course, at least of this election season. There's this um, seeming, I don't know why it always comes back to election season, but in the world, it seems like we've lost any sort of humility. Like, no, I have to be right. I have to be right. I have to be, I have to show you that this is right and that you're wrong rather than, um, you know, what Philippians would tell us is to consider others more significant than ourselves. Uh, And I think when we're going into a discipleship group to make disciples, one of the things that we need our people, and I'll just say this as a, uh, as a pastor and a leader at Highland, and I'm sure you would agree, Emily, that what we want to see in our people um, is a deep, deep and growing affection for Jesus and then a deep, deep growing affection for one another and Mm. it's hard to do that if there is no humility and so we want people to engage in gentleness and humility even in the face of um disagreement even in the face of frustration in gentleness and humility we consider others more significant than ourselves and so uh, i think one and five the f and the h are um and they are paramount in in all of this. We need people who are faithful. They're going to be faithful to the word, um, but then they are going to be gentle and humble as they walk with others, knowing that they don't have it all together, mm-hmm. that they don't have all the answers. And so, gentleness and humility. Yeah, and I think too, the last thing I wanted to say is that, and uh, is just how important it is to know we don't have to be perfect, like in our discipleship. And I think that we can become intimidated when we start thinking oh, like I have to have it all together to be able to to disciple someone. And so, um, you know, if somebody were to come to a woman at Highland and say, hey, would you be able to disciple me? Like it could sound really terrifying, right? Yeah. Like, and what a, are you serious? Me? You know, what do I have to offer? Um, but I truly think that we we have to remember that the treasure that we're guarding, you know, that, that Paul talked about, was it, isn't ourselves, our life experience. It's not my personality or my skills or my knowledge even it's truly Christ in the gospel and so that's yeah. it and and so I think when we remember that it takes some of the pressure off to be um, some superstar with it and so um, yeah. you know I, I it truly we truly need that culture of discipleship and it's already at Highland like we mm-hmm. see so many people who are doing this incredibly well and um, 
you know, that I've learned from so much. And, and so, but the more that that grows among people, um, you know, I think that that contributes so much to the health um, of Highland, you know, as individuals that are part of the church, but also corporately. Um, and so, you know, as we're, we're looking for, you know, continued disciple making, it's truly just inviting uh, a handful of younger believers to, to walk with you and to entrust with them the gospel and training them so that they can do the same with others. Yeah. And I think that one of the things you said, um, which is kind of our, here's where we'll end this episode. How about that? Okay. And it is the, what does the disciple maker know? Right. Mm. And you said it like, we know the gospel. That's it. That's all we've got. And so we want to continually uh, grow in our knowledge and our understanding of what the gospel is and what it means for us as believers. And we want to be able to impart that to others. And so, um, you know, in our, in our trainings, we had everybody that was part of it to just write out the hey, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? And I guess rather than give a big lecture on it at this point, it would be for anybody out there listening. It's what what is the gospel? Because at the end of the day, that's all you have to give people. You're not smart enough. You're not kind enough. You're not good enough. You're not eloquent enough. You don't sing well enough. You don't dress hip enough, you know, right? You can't change anybody's heart, but the gospel is the power of God unto mm-hmm. salvation. And so we want people to know the gospel and the gospel transforms. It's uh, the power by which you were are being and ultimately will be saved the gospel that's it so we deliver it unto you as a first importance what we also received and we want you to deliver that to other people right and so um man we need to preach the gospel to ourselves daily Uh, we need to grow in what it means uh and what it doesn't mean understanding Mm -hmm. what it doesn't mean uh and then man move forward in sharing that with others and so beginning next episode after we give our rundown of our phrases and definitions we'll talk a little bit more about what the gospel is and then we'll kind of get into some specifics about man what does it look like to lead in a discipleship group or to be a part of a discipleship group um and then we'll kind of move forward from there but emily you got anything else for them today i don't i love listening to you in, in kind of teacher mode it's one of my favorite Aww, things. oh thank you, know you. you know, i like, like listening to you yeah, in teacher mode <laughs> you don't like the sound of your voice but i like the sound of the things that are coming out of your voice. (laughs) Good. Okay, good. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, I am Jeremy. I'm Emily. And we'll catch you next time.